As a believer, reading God's Word is a critical part of your daily spiritual journey. And because it's so important, we've created a unique new resource to help you immerse yourself in biblical truth and open your eyes to all God's Word has for you. It's a free PDF download called The Word One-to-One that takes you on a guided journey through John chapter one. With biblical text and short commentary, each page provides insights that will strengthen your faith in an easy to read guided format. There's truly no other resource like this. Download your free PDF copy today at premierinsight.org forward slash resources. That's premierinsight.org forward slash resources. Understand, defend, and share your faith with confidence. This is Unapologetic from Premier Unbelievable. Thank you for listening to Unapologetic, helping you to understand, defend, and share your faith with confidence. I'm Ruth Jackson, and I would love to wish you a belated happy Christmas. Before I introduce today's show, just a quick reminder to head over to our website, premierunbelievable.com, to find more shows, articles, and resources. And if you register or sign up for our newsletter there, you can get yourself a free ebook. I also want to remind you about our brand new online apologetics course, Science, Faith and the Evidence for God with John Lennox. It includes nearly four hours of video material with John Lennox, Emeritus Professor of Mathematics and Philosophy of Science at Oxford University. The course is led by Justin Briley of Premier Unbelievable and it includes questions and assignments to help ground your learning. To celebrate the launch of this course, we're extending a 30% discount until the new year. The offer ends on Wednesday the 4th of January, so enrol now at premierunbelievable.com slash Lennox and learn how to make sense of science, faith and the evidence for God. But now for today's show. As we approach a new year, I thought it would be a good idea to share a few stories of people who have found new life through Jesus. What you're about to hear is the account of three individuals with completely different backgrounds who all came to faith in their own unique way. Given that Christmas was only a few days ago, we also asked these people to share what Christmas now means to them since they've become Christians. This is Lewis. I'd have never went to church before becoming a Christian, and it's it's much it's much more enjoyable being part of this sort of family spirit again. It turned into a more of a, a sort of a giving experience, so it was no longer an issue of me wanting to get the very best for myself, but maybe wanting to get a happier time for everybody I knew. Eighteen-year-old Lewis Connolly became a Christian last year. Growing up in a non-religious family, church and Christianity had little impact on his life, a number of years of which were spent in Houston, Texas in the States. But a relatively happy home life there didn't last forever. It was all good for the first three years, but then when it came to the end of my time there, and the the reason we returned back to the UK um, was because my mum died um, in, in the later part of those three years and that was an extremely difficult time, you know, the worst time I've ever had in my life, really. She had a brain hemorrhage, 
Um, so she used to complain of headaches and it just got progressively worse and worse and worse but no one for a moment thought that she was going to die of it and um, then it was just one uh, Halloween um, we all went out trick-or-treating as we did every year and uh, came back um, after a really great time had bags and bags of sweets and my dad sat me and my little brother down and told us that that, that mum wouldn't be coming home again Everything seemed to be sort of built by my mother's efforts and as soon as she died everything um, sort of collapsed around me and uh, she was really the infrastructure to, to everything I knew and when that all was destroyed it, it never really built itself back up again um, in the, the way I remember it back then. As a bright young student Lewis had every opportunity available to him and he intended to take them. Um, I was very much interested in power and sort of money gaining and this is what my dad had sort of taught me ever since I was young. The meaning of life is to sort of be the, the biggest success I possibly can be. Um, so I was very interested in doing anything and taking any option which went towards me getting more money. Um, so business studies, IT, economics um, were all the things I concentrated on and got the best grades on. Um, in school and the early part of my college. I was aiming to either be a lawyer, a successful lawyer, or, you know, following Bill Gates' footsteps and become a computer programmer or something along those lines, yeah. But Lewis's whole life perspective was to receive another seismic shift when he met Sarah, now his fiancée. As a believer, she told him she couldn't go out with him unless he was a Christian. So Lewis started to go to her church. The image I had of church, um, the little I had seen of church in school and, and, and previously was always sort of very quietly sitting in the pews and listening to someone preach at you. Um, where this was, this was much more different. It was much more like being in a rock concert um, than actually being in a sort of church as I knew it. But when I started coming to this church, everything started making more sense much more quickly. And it really wasn't um, long down the line until I really felt that these were the kind of people I wanted to be around. And... So I, I gave my life to Christ. My minister at that church c called people forward that wanted to give their, their life to Christ. And um, so I, with my little brother, because I was uh, dragging him along to the church by then, um, went up and uh, we both gave our life to Jesus then. And I, I guess that was the, the sort of ultimate point. Although it always seems to me that even though there was a moment I can think of, a few months down the line I would learn I would learn a bit more, get further into the gospel and sort of recommit myself on a sort of even deeper level. Um, and I think that, that took place over, over, over the year, I guess, every few months. Lewis now plans to study theology, as his decision to put Christ first has led to a reassessment of where he wants to go in life. I think there was a, a drastic change in the way I thought about things. Um, and it really wasn't long at all until I saw that moving towards getting as much money as I possibly could, trying to be a success and getting everyone to know my name seemed to be less and less important and entering into this sort of new life where aiming towards getting other people happier, I guess, seemed, seemed more important. Sort of preserving happiness all around me um, was something that never really bothered me before and I really felt that, that there was a lot of that lost when my mum died um, but it seemed to have been sort of revived in a huge way um, when I was able to start building um, a new family um, in the kingdom.
I asked Lewis how Christmas has changed for him as a Christian compared to before. I never really remember anything bad being about Christmas. It was always about me trying to get as most, the, the most amount of presents I possibly can for myself. Um, and that was what it really was. It was me making my list of everything I would want and passing that on to my dad. And then, behold, Santa would appear and give me all these things that I, that I wanted. I think there was a turning point from when I became a, a Christian um, to where everything was me wanting um, at Christmas time. It turned into a more of a, a sort of a giving experience, so it was no longer an issue of me wanting to get the very best for myself, but maybe wanting to get a happier time for everybody I knew, um, as opposed to trying to get my wish list um, answered perfectly. That was Lewis's story, and now we're going to hear from Margaret. I just saw people going shopping, rushing around, um, mums and dads loving their kids. I resented people. I thought, why should you have it and I can't? But now I found out what love is. Christmas is all about love. It's brought me alive. Christmas has never been the same for Margaret Jerzyk since becoming a Christian. Margaret had an exceptionally difficult childhood. After her father died, she got into a lot of trouble and was eventually taken into care by nuns, where sadly she experienced physical and sexual abuse, as well as complete lack of love. Margaret takes up the story from her adult life. I grew up having to use my fist. That was the only defence I had, and I built a wall up that I wouldn't let anyone knock down. I was locked up, you know, police stations had fight with police. And then when I had the children, I tried to give them what I didn't have. I wanted to give them love, but it was very, very hard because when you don't have love, you don't know how to give love. You know, I just tried to anyway and um, give them what they want, especially at Christmas. You know, you see all the other kids with all the expensive stuff and your kids are saying, Mum, why can't we have this? And, you know, on a few occasions I did go out and I stole from my children, like, you know, food when I didn't have it, when my husband spent all his money on beer and betting. Um, then I divorced him because he was very violent to me and the children. So it's just a hard life. Life seemed to hold little hope for Margaret, but things were to change dramatically for her in an unexpected way. I had a nervous breakdown almost. I wanted to commit suicide. I couldn't take any more. Um, so I went to my doctor. He asked me if I'd like to see a pastor like her. Well, I laughed at him at first. <laughs> but and then I said, well, OK then. And then Kurt got in touch with me by phone and I made his life very unbearable. I was quite rude to Kurt because it was hard to sit and talk to uh, people because in the past when people tried to speak to me I would think that there was after one thing was that was going to rape me again or whatever so I didn't trust people but Kurt didn't give up on me he kept coming back and then he introduced me to the Alpha and I said to my friend oh we'll go this time just to shut him up 
and we went. And from that time, I haven't looked back. Um, I've never had my eyes open. I found the way to the Lord. I was baptised by Kurt. People in the in the church, they're like family. Well, I never had any of that love and that. The people in the church gave me that love. If I needed, they'd ring me up, or Kurt would ring up, or I could ring them if I needed them at any time. So, yeah, I found that, you know, I've opened my eyes to the Lord now. The scars of her childhood abuse still haunt Margaret, as she admits. One day, they've got to answer to the Lord for what they'd done to me as a child. I mean, they were there to help doing the Lord's work, and if they can hit me and hurt me like they did and abuse me, then they're not doing God's work. So I really, really hated nuns, but now I forgive them. You know, I forgive the people that's hurt me, but it still hurts, hurts very much, especially at Christmas, that it really cuts deep, you know. Around the time Margaret came to faith, she was searching for inner peace. It was during a spell in hospital that she says she had a special dream. At first it was like I was in a graveyard and I could see a grave, but then I was beckoned over to a wall and the wall went back and there was light. And oh my God, it was beautiful. Um, and it was like I was being caught, drawn over into the light and I saw people in a garden and the music had changed. It was music that I heard in the church and in the Alpha. And um, from then on, you know, I really believed in the Lord that he was calling me and he took me from the darkness into the light. So with Christmas approaching, I asked Margaret how the Christmases of her childhood compared to her first Christmas as a Christian. I just saw people going shopping, rushing around, um, mums and dads loving their kids, all the kids saying, oh, I'm getting this for Christmas, I'm getting that for Christmas, and I never got anything. Perhaps a little bottle of nail varnish off the nuns, that's all we got, like, um, no love, no affection, um, nothing about Christmas. In fact, I was quite jealous of people when I was younger, that they had love, affection, and I didn't have any of that. I resented people, I thought, why should you have it, and I can't. So I was, I was bitter and jealous of people. But now I found out what love is. Christmas is all about love. I can give love and I like to help people, understand people, listen to their problems. I want to be able to help them. You know, show them the way to the Lord, like, you know, like I've been taught, if, um, so they can find happiness like I have. Christmas is about the birth of our Lord, celebrating his birthday like, um, yeah, it's, it's brought me alive. We were hearing there from Margaret and now we're going to hear some of Jamie's story. Last year, on New Year's Eve, I was in the church at midnight, you know, that in itself. I wasn't in some bar, you know, having had a few two whatevers. And, and I was at a church and really wanted to say to God that, you know, I'm here for you for this, this year to come. 
Jamie Hine became a Christian last year. Now in his mid-thirties, he spent most of his life devoted to the theatre. It was during a spell playing Ed the Hyena in a West End production of The Lion King that Jamie attended the last few weeks of an Alpha course and started to feel God making his presence known in his life. This is, I believe, a, a God story, but I found one night traveling home, I found the Gospel of John on the train. Um, it's called Love is the Bridge, it's a booklet. And but put it on my bookshelf and somebody on the Alpha course, I said, look, the Bible's a bit overwhelming, to be honest. Is this something I can start leafing through? And he said, just one second. And he went off to his dressing room, within five minutes came down, knocked on the door, and he said, this is what you should read. And it was exactly the same <laughs> book that I, I literally picked up off a, off a you know, Piccadilly line tube uh, a few weeks ago. And I thought, wow, that's, a, that's, a, that's quite an incredible thing to happen. So I thought, I'm obviously meant to read this. So I did. After the course ended, Jamie put off pursuing faith for some time, until a year later, a friend invited him to a service at Holy Trinity Brompton in London. I went in and I just felt this desire to cry. I really felt just emotional, very emotional. I was quite sort of taken back by it because nothing was particularly in my psyche at the time that was making me emotional. It was just this sense that I, I just I felt you know very emotional and, and tearful. And that day they advertised the Alpha Course, and then I discovered that that's where. The Alpha course has sort of originated and they were advertising it for January and this was the end of 2004 so I thought I'd go 2005, January 2005 and then that, that's when I actually started the course sort of properly at, at HTB in January 2005. Through its teachings about Jesus, the Alpha course awakened a spiritual hunger in Jamie and within weeks of starting the course he made a huge step forward in his journey. On the 29th of January I um, boarded a train to Cardiff and part of the course, um, they sort of hand out uh, a booklet called Why Jesus, which is written by Nicky Gumbel. And um, I took it with me on the train. And there's a prayer. And I'd had real struggles with prayer. But for some reason, I really wanted to say this prayer. And I took loads of time over it, loads of really thought what, through what I was saying. It was about asking Jesus into your life. And I said it. I, I have to say that uh, the most incredible experience happened. I just went into this uh, state of bliss. I, I can only describe it as euphoria. I was serene. I was peaceful. I was joyful. I was alive. I was all, all this mixture of, of wonderfully positive feeling. And this went on for about half an hour. And I suppose at that moment I had acknowledged and God had acknowledged in the beginning of our relationship really sort of had begun and and. Christ came into my life and I remember I wrote it on my phone I, I put a little um, birthday message it sort of said became a Christian it was 5.15 on the 29th of January 2005 As a new Christian Jamie was left wondering whether he should continue in theatre which he'd come to realise could be a shallow pursuit I was on Shaftesbury Avenue uh, one night and I wasn't working and I remember this desire to go into a particular theatre that had a death of a salesman on and I felt a pull to go and I walked up to the box office and uh, an American guy approached me, do you want a ticket? And I'm not expecting any money from it, for, for it, you know, would you like this ticket? And it turned out that he'd been given this, these two tickets by an, another American guy who wasn't happy with his seats, he wanted to sit in the circle, not the stores. Well, we walked into the theatre and we had the best seats in, in the theatre, literally the best seats, and didn't pay a penny for them. And not only that, was that that evening I suddenly saw the power of theatre in a different way. I reawakened, I, I looked at it and I, 
I, I thought it was a powerful performance that in, in the lead role. And, and not only that, it's the, the message of the piece about people's humanity and, and, and the sacrifices they make and about love. And, and, and I just suddenly saw how powerful a medium it can be. And I reminded myself of that. If you ask me if I'm passionate about theatre, yes I am, but I'm passionate about Christ, and that is foremost. And so it, that deliberation does go on in me, if I'm honest. Well, wherever Jamie's new life as a follower of Christ takes him, he's sure that this season of the year will never be the same again. I think you suddenly see Christmas in terms of the, the secular world as a, as a strange phenomenon that, that it's all about commerce, it's all about buying presents and buying the right presents. In terms of Christianity though, I just want more of it and it's a time I, I feel has become a spiritual time to really bed down that for me and almost restore my spiritual strength for the year to, to come. Um, I mean last year on New Year's Eve I was in the church at midnight, you know, that in itself, I wasn't in some bar you know, having had a few two whatevers. And, and I was at a church and really wanted to say to God that, you know, I'm here for you for this, this year to come. And so Christmas does mean a difference. I mean, the frustrating thing, I suppose, is that I, I don't have uh, an Christian environment. So I, I would love to experience that, and I, I'm sure I'll experience that when I have a family, to be able to really, you know, focus on Christ and nativity and all the things that, you know, bring up kids and their awareness of you know, that will be very exciting to celebrate it full out. Thank you for listening to Unapologetic with me, Ruth Jackson. I would love to wish you a belated Christmas and a very happy new year. But before we go, just a reminder about our brand new online apologetics course, Science, Faith and the Evidence for God with John Lennox. It includes nearly four hours of video material with John Lennox, Emeritus Professor of Mathematics and Philosophy of Science at Oxford University. The course is led by Justin Briley of Premier Unbelievable and it includes questions and assignments to help ground your learning. To celebrate the launch of this course, we're extending a 30% discount until the new year. The offer ends on Wednesday the 4th of January, so enrol now at premierunbelievable.com slash Lennox and learn how to make sense of science, faith and the evidence for God. Thank you for listening and see you next time. Merry Christmas. You've been listening to Unapologetic. For more shows, resources and our newsletter, visit premierunbelievable.com.